you know, my dad used to always tell me, you know, be available. Um, it was kind of a, a little line he was saying, be available. And uh, at first, you might not understand what that means when you hear it, but uh, just be available for someone, especially when they might be dealing with isolation or just, you know, more by themselves than they ever have been in their life. But some people already struggle with, say, the depression, the anxiety and stuff with certain mental health factors. And then a pandemic hits. And, um, and I say that because I recently lost someone that committed suicide. Really think with them, like, could I have said differently? Um, should I have checked in more to make sure he was doing okay? So my guest today is a former AMCAT, right? A fellow AMCAT, someone that I played college basketball with, uh, a real good pleasure to have him on the podcast today. He is also someone that is super involved and invested in his community. He has uh, started a nonprofit and did quite a while back. And um, he is continuing to push forward and push for more for people who deserve it and don't always have a voice. So it's great to have him on the podcast today. Uh, you guys might know him as Michael Gorman. I know him as G. So <laughs> here he is. And um, I want to thank you once again, man, for, for coming on the, on the show today. It's, it's going to be going to be a good time. No, yeah, of course. This one, uh, this one's special just because uh, as everyone can see the, the Jersey Dillon's wearing the Anna Maria. Um, I've done quite, I would say quite a few on like podcasts, you know, I've been able to, I've had, I'm very grateful. I've been able to like speak to different schools and stuff. But when you, you know, when you're with an old teammate, um, someone that you are really close with um, in the basketball type of atmosphere um, on a daily basis and practice and the game, yeah. uh, you know, obviously it means a lot because, uh, you know, I miss my basketball guys, but it's been a while, you know? Bro, just <laughs> basketball in and of itself, bro. I think about it all the time. I'm like, damn, I just wish. Sometimes I wish I was just struggling to wake up and go to practice every day. Like, know, right? <laughs> it's so funny how like life progresses, and you kind of look back and you appreciate moments. I think some more. Yeah, without a doubt, man. And it's funny because right, I was coming in as a freshman. You were in your senior year, so. Um, as the starting point guard you were someone that I really really freaking looked up to and then getting to know more about you and just how freaking humble you are how like cool demeanored you are but also how invested you are with everybody there was not a person on that campus that didn't trust you that wouldn't talk to you it didn't matter if it was a professor if it was a dean or if if, if it was you know the football team or you know the lacrosse team like everybody just had there was some sort of like magnet around you and you just found you know I could see you moving through and you never had any problems you were always in terms of like with people it was always just good vibes so it was always um from my perspective it was always good to just see that and have a leader like that on the court but also off the court thank so you, I appreciate man. that no, sure. thank you for the kind words that means a lot especially coming from you Dylan so thanks man no, of course, man. And and I, I like to dive into people's past and kind of how that came about. Like, where, give everyone a, a, a sense of your background and your childhood growing up, kind of like how you came to be this person, where did you come from, and and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so a little brief background about myself, especially like, I th I'm happy about this one. It's really cool because, um, you know, it's not like uh, we're in the Lawrence Methuen area. It's kind of a combination, two different type of areas, um, mm -hmm. you know, where you're from. 
And um, kind of how I got started and where I'm currently at, um, I was very lucky. I grew up in a, in a very supportive family. So mom and dad were there for me. Like uh, they were the two parents that were, you know, checking in to make sure, you know, grades are going well. But then also being so supportive in the stands. Like think about it, we're, we're traveling to a lot of states at Anna Maria, yeah. probably like most of um, New England, you know, a lot of different <laughs> states, Rhode Island, Maine, New Hampshire, Mass, um, Connecticut. And uh, they're taking a trip to every state just to be there for me in the stands and like Norwich, Vermont, like that's not yeah. a, <laughs> that's <laughs> a and, they're, and they're still there in the stands, man. So to kind of sum it up, they were there for me growing up. So I was um, very lucky um, because not everyone has that, you know, and uh, I'm around a community where, um, you know, there are a lot of people that do struggle. And um, so I saw friends at a young age um, really go down the wrong path. And I think a big piece of that was uh, not, you know, missing that love. So, uh, you know, that support. So when I was 18, uh, kind of fast forwarding a little bit, uh, I was graduating from a Thuan High School. Um, so I was in my senior year. Um, Coach Conrad sent me this uh, packet, you know, to work out with over the summer, mm. uh, get ready to go to my incoming freshman year. But I kind of took that packet and I kind of ran with it in an opposite direction. Um, not many people know about that. So uh, I summed up, you know, not the supportive family I had, but also this packet I was receiving during the summer. And I decided to uh, create a, a second family for anyone looking for love, support, and guidance. Um, and I had a, a very diverse uh, family started with eight people. Um, we had an individual struggling with um, in and out of a gang. Uh, we had an individual that dropped out of high school, uh, no father figure in the home, uh, someone that was really lonely, uh, thinking about depressive, you know, suicidal thoughts. And um, when we first started, we used to be a workout crew, believe it or not. So we took Coach Conrad's packet, and you were literally running a three mile run throughout Methuen, um, and you were working on pushing each other, motivating each other. And these eight people aren't like athletes. I think we had a few. But, like the other ones, like they're struggling with the three miles. But we're like pushing each other to like, you know, come on, let's go, let's stick together, let's stick together. And uh, no one would ever know that now because it's been 10 years later. So we're in 2020. And uh, that workout does not exist anymore. Uh, it's something I think about going back to because that's kind of how we originated. Uh, so now we have, you know, we, do, we deal with a, a Monday meeting where we kind of talk about goals, uh, you know, pushing each other to be successful so that's every monday 6 to 8 p.m in a library and then wednesday nights you know we hold a dinner uh for the homeless uh, people struggling with addiction prostitution um things like that so you know we branched out in so many areas um yeah. it definitely takes a while to explain because you know we've taken different paths throughout the years whether it was fundraising yeah. um you know meeting different people along the way and to kind of you know, hand it all back off to you for like you know different questions of what area you want to dive into but uh you know, 10 years later, over uh, over 350 individuals have been in the CMF program, uh, you know, ranging from, you know, six years old all the way to 30s. Um, so, you know, we've, we've come a long way, you know, so I'm grateful, man. It's been a journey. 10 years, man, 10 years. And you started as Conrad's workout group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not many people know that, dude, because they would think it's just like instantly, okay, you're helping the homeless yeah. or instantly you're hope helping people with addiction or at-risk youth. But it started with a packet for the summer and me being creative with it. I don't want to work out like alone and stuff. But I also was, it was tough for me to leave home a little bit in my heart. Sure. I remember the, the day before I was leaving, dude, I was actually in tears um, talking to my mom. I was leaving those TMF members back home and I was going away and it was hard for many people to understand 
but I felt like I was so lucky. I'm going to school four, year, four years living there and they get like stuck behind. So it really hurt me. So it was just a summer program. So when I was at Anna Maria, TMF was only, I would say end of May and then ended in August with a banquet, go back to school. So the first, those four years was just um, summer program. Wow. And when you say, so when you say 350 members um, going through the, the program, are there, you know, is it, is it just people that are coming to those Monday and Wednesday events? Or is there something that you're working through and, and like a step um, of, you know, self-actualization and self-healing and like, what kind of process or, or program are we talking about? Are there, what, what is that made up of? Yeah, so it's, um, I would say it's unique um, yeah. because it's, it's, it's grassroots, man. When I mean grassroots, like uh, we didn't have uh, someone we were looking up to. We didn't mm-hmm. have someone telling us how we're going to kind of do this program. Yeah, you so we were literally enough. starting from scratch. We had no money. We had no facility. We had no mentor that mm-hmm. was guiding us. So when I mean, when I was 18, it was mostly 18-year-olds. It was my group of friends that started it, you know. And uh, we were at a park, dude, and uh, no money. So what we decided to do as it started growing the first year to 50 individuals that first summer, uh, a car wash to raise money. Uh, we did a three-on-three basketball tournament at an outdoor park to raise money. And we did a yard sale in front of a church that was nice enough to let us use the front yard of their, their facility. Mm. And uh, we took that money. And we were bringing those 50 individuals in TMF um, to a zoo. Most, and it sounds funny, but most of them have never seen a lion or an elephant before. Yeah. That was cool. For 18-year-olds, like, we were laughing, exactly. having a blast. Yeah. Uh, we went bowling, gutter ball the first time. Like bowling, it was a thing most parents never brought their kids to. Uh, mini golfing, little things like that. So that first year, we were running with it. We were seeing, like, what do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And what we did that first summer is we did interviews um, with those TMF members and I had them express themselves of the pain they were currently feeling in life. And a lot of it was the missing the father figure. And um, we have so many people that can be successful without a father figure. But for some individuals, that's, that's tough, you know, missing that male figure in their life. And a lot of the individuals that were at TMF, um, they were hanging at the park all day. Like, and when you hang at the park all day, you know, it can be good if you're like playing basketball but if you're the individual sitting behind the fence, sitting on the picnic table, uh, you can get easily influenced, mm-hmm. especially from older individuals who are showing you love, uh, giving you attention, but then having you do the wrong things. Next thing you know, easily sucked in mm-hmm. and uh, going down the wrong road, whether it's on incarceration, selling drugs. And uh, I feel like it was a family showing people that it's okay to do like board games and it's okay to just, mm-hmm. you know, just go around is have, have a good time. Like let's do Christmas caroling during the Christmas nights. Like, <laughs> like these are tough kids, but doing fun things that they've never experienced. So as you know, with the structure piece that you're talking about, like what kind of program did we become or how do we operate? You know, as the years progressed, um, you know, after college, it became a full-time, you know, 12 months in the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have projects throughout the year, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I would say if you're a TMF member, uh, yeah, definitely looking to show up on those two nights um, to be present. Um, you know, obviously we do have individuals who can't be there all the time, but we have certain projects we're doing. Like Christmas time, I call it Christmas on the streets, 10 straight days of uh, different type of activities to make you look at life in a different way. Um, the goal is to try to open your mind, uh, try to see things from, you know, practice empathy, um, you know, practice how to 
put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know? That's what's up, man. I love every freaking aspect of that. It's funny that, you know, we we tend to grow old and see that, like, those things are childish. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm too old for that. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that brings out more passion and joy and laughter than doing the crap that you did or that most kids get a chance to do. Especially, mm-hmm. like you said, most of these people didn't get to experience that. So, you know, you're creating memories for them for literally the rest of their lives. And it's awesome to see that it's not structured in the sense of like, you're working through packets and like bullshit. Like you're, you're working out on the streets with the public to create an experience that you may have never experienced before, right? To create something that you weren't able to have given to you. So you're out there and you're earning it. I think that's awesome. Um, and within, within time, like, um, you know, graduate college, uh, we do make TMF 15 plus. So you have to be 15 years old to join the program. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, as you do get wiser with years, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's smart to put closer range of individuals. So it's 15 up, you know, when you're a freshman in high school, be involved with the programs because there's, you know, a street aspect to it. There's hard language with certain individuals that are expressing pain. So, uh, you know, I think that's kind of, uh, you know, where we took it. And, you know, we're still running with it. You know, um, it's funny, man. Uh, no one would ever understand that um, TMF, um, technically, we're in the 10th year. And now we're becoming a nonprofit. For those 10 years, it's, something, it's a route that I was not sure I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. It was something like, uh, because, you know, then it becomes tax exempt. You know, am I trying to be involved with this type of things? Like, it's been going great for, like, eight, nine years. Like, what's wrong with just doing it like this? And, you know, it does help, you know, seeking donations or, you know, help from the public Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, getting, you know, grants and stuff like that to be able to use this money in a positive way. But, you know, we're getting into it now. But, um, but yeah, man, it's it's something that keeps me going. Um, I love it. I'm so passionate about it. Um, When I was at at school, it's something I missed a lot. I come back in the summers and seeing everybody. And then, you know, it's been, you think about where at school, what, September to like, um, to what, May, June. Yeah. And then, um, then you go back home and some people are, lots changed for them in those months not being around. They don't come back to TMF the next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, new faces, uh, individuals that fortunately had a slip up. So it was interesting to go back in the summers and, uh, and experience who, who's around that summer, you know? Yeah, that can be um, a, a game changer, man. Nine months, it's like, when you realize how much can happen to somebody in nine months in a positive or negative way, you start to really, um, or you you say you should, you stop taking for granted what you can accomplish in that nine months and how fast a year goes by and what can really, you know, come from just taking an idea like, Hey, I need someone to work out with. And all of a sudden, 10 years later, look where you are. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's, but it was a simple thought and idea that you started to run with, um, for two, three months that turned into this. Mm-hmm. Without that initial step, nothing happens. It's crazy. It's the same way you just, you progressively get better at basketball, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mean, you probably came out the, the womb smooth with it, but like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. but it took practice, right? And um, like anything, it, it always will. 
in the same way it's going to take practice getting used to it being a, a nonprofit and and having to deal with the back end the legal stuff that uh, you know comes mm -hmm. with that but um i think that's a good move um i would love to be able to help in any way is there any way that people watching this can you know assist or help or can go to and, and um you know help with fundraising yeah so um so we look at like locations so those two days we kind of really uh concentrate on during the week um so wednesday nights we'll start there that started in 2018 so eight years later we noticed some people that were sleeping at the bus station um, mm. that were homeless uh, on the benches and lawrence has a unique bus station they actually have like a roof over it. it's huge um, you can drive in from both sides. A lot of bus stations aren't that big. Mm -hmm. um, so we had homeless people sleeping in there. And uh, we went back to our TMF meeting on Monday. And like, man, there's like some homeless people, you know, sleep on those benches. Like, why don't we just like pull up a table and some chairs and like try a dinner? And like, it just started with some small thing like that. Like, ah, screw it. So we have, uh, we have one circle table, right? Um, mm -hmm. We had five chairs we were able to find somewhere. And then... Uh, still like not a program that had a bunch of money in 2018 we're using it for different things um so we went to little caesar's pizza picked mm -hmm. up five boxes of five dollar pizza as you yeah. know it's like a <laughs> and uh so he went to the bus station literally pull out this table in the middle of the bus station and uh put the pizzas on top of the table and just kind of yell out like hey anybody want some pizza now come on over and then as a few people started walking over there was only like four or five homeless individuals that night uh, I told him to like sit down around the table, you know, tell like a, you know, a dinner together, a little family dinner. It's like laughing about it. Have a little family dinner to kind of make it in a joking way, but actually like mean it at the same time. So we all sat, had some pizza. Now pizza's not somewhere you kind of, you know, it's not a lot of food here, so it's usually a grab and go type item. So you yeah. know, people ate it pretty quick and and left. But I was like, well, going getting back in that car with the TMF members, I was like, holy, holy crap, man! Like this, it could actually like work like we should actually bring a couple more tables maybe bring a different types of food or we can actually sit down there was like a mix like you know turkey and mashed potatoes i guess let's let's mix it up maybe serve it to them yeah. who knows right so second week goes by pizza again third week i think it was pizza then fourth fifth week we started to really switch it up we found like 20 chairs four tables next mm -hmm. you know word in the street passes quickly so next thing you know you just go by on wednesday night these couple you know, individuals set up a few tables, they got food, like come check yeah. it out. So then it's growing and I'm like, holy crap. So next thing you know, a few months in, we have a hundred people at the bus station in Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, it was nuts. That's like crazy. I like like I'm sitting back there and I my dad my dad, so he's like uh and my mom too, but my dad um he looks at life a lot. So like I find myself, you know, following his footsteps the way he thinks about things, like mm. appreciating. So I take a step back. I'm literally standing by the cars as I see all these homeless people. We have 100 people in the bus station in a line and the TMF members serving the food. We have like 10 different options of food, buffet style. We have one huge long dinner table where everyone can take a seat. Yeah. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, wow, man. Like that started with one table, a few TMF members and three homeless people. I'm watching 100 people in this bus station right now. And then I'm like, I think to be special with things, you've got to be creative. Mm. You have to be different. I feel like there's so many programs that they work around the same thing and, and it's going for the same problem, but they all do similar aspects. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, we have a hundred people in this bus station right now. Let me uh, try to bring in some services. 
So I was able to get Tuxbury Detox, have a table inside the bus station and sits there. The admissions department. We had a methadone clinic there for anybody that wanted outpatient help. We started having a, like a mobile Walmart. We brought in hangers and these big things. We hung up clothes. They can now look through the clothes in the bus station about what they want. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to bring in a prayer table. But it wasn't just a regular prayer table. It was people that did incarceration, prison time, that found God behind the bars. Mm-hmm. And I feel like could connect to people on the street easier because mm-hmm. they've done a lot of, you know, maybe crimes or done the wrong things in their life and now trying to seek God as a way out. And then the last couple of things did is we brought in haircuts. So I brought in the barber. We yeah. cut a hair and then we did manicures and hair braiding. So it's like, what the? So it like really ran with it. Um, but it ended painfully um, a year into the bus station, the week before Thanksgiving, uh, the mayor of Lawrence sends the police department to the bus station and they shut us down completely. And um, I had this newspaper reporter who knew a little bit about politics and how you know people higher up work. Yes. So we, we decided to, you know, their big thing about shutting it down is we found a couple needles, we found trash in the bus station, but we left that place and every time we left, you know, we made it a important piece to clean up the bus station. So we, you know, we get shut down, we have a candle vigil outside the bus station, about 50 to 75 people holding candles outside the bus station on a mic about what it meant to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we decided to go to City Hall. And I had the TMF members speak from the heart on a microphone in front of all the city councilors about what this meant to them. And I had individuals that joined TMF that used to sleep on a bench in a bus station, joined TMF, got sober, now speaking on a microphone in front of city council. Well, next thing you know, we win the votes. City council votes for TMF to get the bus station back over the mayor. But what happens with political stuff is uh, the, the mayor is allowed to put in one more thing and they have to do a re-vote. So if the city council votes um, in favor of TMF again, then we're good. Uh, unfortunately, we lost by one vote. Uh, a woman voted no, she changed her thing, and we lost the bus station. So fast forward a year later, we're now at a different different, uh, different area. That's the history of the bus station, man. And I miss those days. Wow. This is where we are now. We're at a different location on Wednesday nights. That's crazy, man. And what what is it that just continues to drive you in like, I, I was told no, like I'm just going to keep going. What it, is it hearing the stories? Is it seeing the people real close to you um, go through their transitions? Or is it just the feeling that you get um, from being the leader of something so grand and so different and unique than anything else out there? I think it's a um, good question, man. Really cool question. I think it's bigger than me, dude. I think it, it's, it's, it's bigger than me, you know? And I look at it as like, I have a TMF member, a 15 year old girl, right? And she's telling me she feels more love at the bus station of make, making, you know, people making her feel comfortable than she does in her own home. And I saw tears in her eyes when the bus station closed down. And it hurts me as like the person that starts it. And then I see people who, you know, we've gone into programs and come back and speak on the microphone inside the bus station about how, man, I was sleeping on that bench, you know, I'm, you know, I'm three months clean. You know, I just got out of a program, happy to be back. And, uh, you know, those, those, those type of people keep me going. It's like, wow, like it's really working. It's not just me with an idea I had, something I'm passionate about. And, you know, it transcended to this. Like it was, it was helping people that were in TMF, not struggling with addiction or homelessness, making them feel important by serving drinks and serving food and 
you know, building a relationship with a homeless man who now means so much to her and really loves going on Wednesdays to talk to him and uh, then losing, losing it all, man, it, it hurt. And what keeps me going is stuff like that. So we're at a new location on Wednesdays. Um, we ended up getting a private um, parking lot from a man who um, has a location that's now it's private property. So it's not public owned. Yeah, they just really can't take that away now, you know, unless if it was a, a crazy situation that went down. So we take care of the property. We've been there for a year and some change now. And, you know, we're still rolling with it. Do I miss that bus station, man? Yeah. Just because that's where it originated from. That's where we planted the seed. Mm -hmm. We start with nothing. You, you, you go in there at nine o'clock at night. It was nine to 11. It was late. You know, buses stopped running at eight something. And you go in there at night, just the homeless sleeping. And, uh, you know, we're, we're currently doing a documentary on TMF. And, uh, you know, one of the scenes is going to be, you know, looking at the bus station now completely empty and going back to an old photo of 100 people that were in that bus station. Some that, you know, aren't alive anymore. Uh, some that are clean now. Uh, some that are still struggling. And then TMF members that have, you know, come and go. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see where this documentary takes off. But, uh, you know, it's been history in the 10 years. You know, it really has. You know, thing, things change. I remember in the circle at the bus station telling everyone uh, cherish moments, you know, because thing, life changes. And we look at it now and things do, we're not at the bus station anymore. Yeah. And I tell them to cherish things at this new property. You know, people come and go, cherish relationships. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, man, that's freaking, I got the chills hearing that. Uh, it's so powerful, bro. I wish, um, I wish it was, uh, it was as easy as you make it sound for people everywhere to do stuff like this mm. because it's, it is obviously happening all around the world. There are people doing things like this, um, but in everything that is going on in 2020 especially in this world the things that have come to light there's so much more of it that needs to be done and there's so much undoing of bad things that needs to happen as well and you're doing both at the same time man so i definitely just admire the shit out of that um thanks man of course man and with with everything you know you have going on like you said you might start to bring back like workouts or is there, is there like a, a yearly, I know you said you did a three on three tournament. Is there like a yearly tournament that you do, or is there something like a softball league that you might start or um, might you just get back into like Saturday mornings, come work out with us at a local park. Um, mm. Is that something that's run through your mind or that you're looking to? It does. It's funny. Um, One of the old team up members lives in Louisiana now actually made a, post on facebook like three days ago you know pictures of the workouts back in the day you know she's an original 2012 member she started a year later and uh missing those days um it's something i think about you know we've been lucky there's been so many beautiful people from the community that you know pitching with money or pitching with donations so it hasn't been like a hundred percent need for a fundraiser um but in regards to those workouts uh it's something i do want to get back as an aspect of tmf because that's uh how we started the program with a run um and now it's originated to these type of things but uh yes i think um you know kind of you know picking the right day of the week um you know getting a few people that will be dedicated to kind of lead that if i can't be there all the time on say a certain day mm -hmm. and you know pushing through with that going back to the old route we used to do i think it would be good you know as long as we get a couple 
quite a few dedicated TMF members that will be serious about and kind of want to, you know, go back to that 100%, man, 100%. Because I think with everything you're doing from a mental standpoint and from a social um, support standpoint, it's, you know, it's now my life and my career, the ability to help yourself through exercise is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. And the, the positive vibe that you literally get inside of you, the hormones that are released, everything that there's so much on a physiological level that exercise can do for you. And even the social bond of going through something tough together, right? Putting yourself through uh, an exercise routine or through a workout or through a, a run or like a 5k, like a local, you know, you know, mm-hmm. some, something like that can just bring people even closer together. So I think that would be. I love it. Yeah, no, it's so true, man. So true. 100% agreement yeah. with that. I mean, it's the same way for us, right? You, you don't get stronger as a team unless you, you go through some shit on the court, you know? Mm-hmm. It really does happen that way. When there's fights in the locker room between, you know, Pedro and freaking uh, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true, man. You go like, through things to grow, to grow through it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, in terms of, of basketball, <clears throat> um, I want to keep running on that. What is it that basketball did for you that you feel like you might be uh, missing out on? Because I have an idea of what it did for me, but. Missing out, what do I miss about the basketball piece? Yeah, yeah. So um, as kind of a background, basketball was my life, dude. I miss it. I wish I played more currently. Um, I don't play as, you know, even before the COVID started, like I wasn't really playing. I I, I played in one league with a hat maybe a, you know, a while back, maybe a mm-hmm. year ago. But, um, you know, I missed, I think I was so lucky, you know, I started playing at age five you know, at the Lawrence YMCA, it's where, where it started. And, you know, I was lucky to, you know, continue playing all the way to college. To be able to play college basketball, you know, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Uh, the amount of talent that's in each division is amazing because we had Division Three guys, whether it was Albertus Magnus or different places, uh, had Division One scholarships, just uh, didn't take that route, whether it was academic problems mm-hmm. or kicked out, whatever reason maybe. Division Three basketball is legit. Like, it really is. I miss that that family piece, uh, Coach Carter. I miss I miss having a coach, man. I miss uh, my teammates in a whole, um, just like the trips, traveling together, um, in situations where it's down to the wire and uh, you know sweat porn and like we're really trying to just squeak this one out. Um, and it's uh, you know, if you're not in those locker rooms too, man, those locker rooms are those get intense. Yeah, and especially with Conrad, dude. Uh, man, he puts his life on the line for that. Like that, he lives by that game. And, uh, yeah. you know, there was a few times where I think he broke the, broke the, um, the whatever you call it. The, yeah. The board there. And he's just so passionate about it. And, uh, you know, basketball relates to the life piece of it because, you know, he's teaching you life lessons at the same time, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, memories in college with that team, the teams I have for those four years, you know, were amazing, man. I miss it so much, you know, yeah. because you, you play in leagues too, but you don't have the coach, you don't have the fans, it's not the same environment, you know, and uh, those college days, nothing like them, you know? Yeah, man. It, it, there's uh, something to be said about, you know, practicing, right? Like literally going to the same place for two hours a day with the same people for six months straight and just 
balls to the wall, everything you got. Competing, uh, sweating, you know, calling each other out. Like, it's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows in there. And uh, it's certainly not when you lose a game because of a stupid mistake or it it's funny because you also like you said the life lessons you take are absolutely absurd you can't compare it the the opportunity to learn about perseverance when you're down 15 with six minutes left in a game you know like there, there's so much opportunity in sport to learn about how you can hear no from the mayor, but why not keep going? Find somewhere else to go. Find something else to do. They take away the post game. All right, we got to find out another way to get the ball in the hoop, right? They start a press, right? Now they're pressing. We got to figure out a way to beat the press. And it's funny, like people don't, I don't think, I don't think you realize in the moment how much of an opportunity it is to learn for, for something outside the court until it's over and done with. Oh, of course, man. You know, if I, you know, you come in, you come in as an incoming freshman, you know, say we have a few freshmen join the team. Don't know you guys from a hole in the wall. Uh, but, you know, as time goes with the practice, I, I think the first couple of months or, you know, first month is just so important, so crucial uh, to be able to grow together. So say if like, Know, if I get you know picked or someone beats me off the dribble like I turn into a brother where you know you're instantly stepping in the paint to take a charge or help me out and same thing goes for your teammates next thing you know like you're doing whatever and you grow this uh this bond you know you didn't know someone from a hole in the wall that walked through this door incoming freshman a transfer from a different program and uh you grow with them you might not be close to them in the beginning whether it's you know personal or on the court but within time I got your brother on the court, diving for the ball, taking a charge, uh, communicating. I got help. And, you know, you transcend. And it's hard for that though, maybe you don't understand the game of basketball or understand, understand sports, you know, details. But uh, it is life in a sense, you know, helping people out, you know, being there for somebody. You know, if it was, you know, one second on the clock here and I got two free throws down by one, you know, and, uh, and I was to, you know, miss both, right? I guarantee you, you or a couple of my teammates would be the first people to come meet me at the foul line and kind of, you know, keep my head back up to the bench. You know, it's all right, man. You know, we're, you know, it's it's gonna be okay. Cause and you know, you look at that in a sense, like, you know, certain situations like you'll beat yourself up. You know, made a mistake. Uh, I got two chances to make a free throw here, down by one, to at least get us to overtime. Missed two free throws. Instantly, I probably dropped to the ground, especially if it was like to get to the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, guarantee you, you or other people would instantly not shake hands yet. Hold off on that come, grab me, bring me back to the line. It's going to be okay, Michael. You know, they'll put away their personal things about the loss yeah. and make sure you're okay as a teammate. And, you know, looking back at it, man, it's like, wow, like um, you, you get grateful um, for basketball. You get grateful for um, the classes you took in college. You know, you, in, in the mornings at Anna Maria, you don't, probably don't want to wake up for the, for the 8 o'clock. And it's like, oh. Definitely man, it's, not. Yeah, it's, it's cold as hell, bro. <laughs> you know, but you look at it, then you're working a full-time job the rest of your life. And you might miss some of those classes with some of the people you were in or learning about a certain yeah. subject. And uh, it's interesting. You learn as you go. You really do. Mm -hmm. Learn as you go. And then it's, it's like simple, right? Because it starts on the court and then all of a sudden you see each other in the cafeteria and you start busting balls and all, we're sitting together. And then all of a sudden, sometimes it's like there's six of you at a table and you just eat dinner with each other for four hours for no good reason because like you're just bonding, you're growing, you're having conversations. It, it's just raw and organic. And 
we lose a lot of that when you when you leave social places like like college right you leave high school and you may never go to college but in high school the same thing happened um it's just that you know that ever-growing um self-actualization of who you are who you want to be around what you're willing to sacrifice for for sure 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 man definitely it's crazy what um what has what has this year taught you if anything there's there's a lot going on in this world bro i think we can all self-reflect and you obviously are someone that reflects pretty often um what is what has what has this year 2020 as of yet what what has that brought out of you and what has it shown you or what have you learned from it yeah so with this whole if i could even consciously maybe the pandemic for a second you know this comes out of nowhere you know we get hit with the pandemic uh, i'm one of the individuals that was uh luckily able to work through the entire thing um, i'm a clinician currently at a methadone clinic so people that are struggling with opiates, you know, fentanyl, heroin, Percocets, you know, codeine, you know, drugs like that. Um, you know, I'm there still throughout this whole pandemic uh, with the counseling and the groups uh, continuing to do that. So, you know, you, you see a lot because these individuals are already struggling with, um, say, addiction, homelessness and stuff. Then a pandemic hits, right? And uh, everyone's uh, really told to stay home, you know, only go out if you need to, uh, social distancing, wear a mask. And... Uh, now, my dad used to always tell me, you know, be available. Um, it was kind of a, a little line he was saying, be available. And uh, at first, you might not understand what that means when you hear it, but uh, just be available for someone, especially when they might be dealing with isolation or just, you know, more by themselves than they ever have been in their life. But some people already struggle with, say, the depression, the anxiety and stuff with certain mental health factors. And then a pandemic hits and you're really isolated, you know, and you really got to kind of, you know, how are we going to stay busy here being in, in the home here? only so many things you can do yeah. um, especially if you can't get out the home and you don't have to work or you don't have to go here mm -hmm. and um it's tough man i think it, it's the mental strength on um, that comes to play with it um being mentally strong um being there for someone checking in with people you haven't checked in in a while whether it's a family member you haven't talked to in a couple of years yeah. or maybe a friend you haven't talked to since high school checking in with them how's everything going um and i say that because i recently lost someone that committed suicide um I was actually working at the clinic and I was talking to my client um, over the phone Friday. And, um, you know, he asked me a simple question. I answered it. We talked for a couple minutes. Uh, next day, Saturday afternoon, they found him hanging. Um, you know, he hung himself and he killed himself. And man, when I mean, I wouldn't have known at all from that phone call. That man was struggling that bad with, you know, personal thoughts. Uh, you, I started to really think like, them, like, what could I have said differently? Um, should I have checked in more, make sure he was doing okay? Um, unfortunately, you know, I don't think it would be healthy to beat myself up totally with mm -hmm. um, kind of thinking about different outcomes here. At the end of the day, it was a decision he made because he couldn't take it anymore. And uh, he took his own life. But uh, I think that's where the be available comes in, the checking with people, make sure they're good, especially maybe that person doesn't have a, you know, a wide variety of friends. Because um, I think that's important. And man, sometimes... The little things in life mean the most. Um, you know, if you have someone check in with you, a random call, it's like, holy crap, um, Dylan's calling, calling me. I haven't heard from him in a long time. And you pick up the phone and you answer that text. It's like, wow, man, like, I actually crossed that dude's mind. I thought about me, saw how I was doing. Uh, it makes you feel better inside as a person. Um, next thing you know, maybe you'll pay it forward to somebody else. Maybe now, you know, Dylan checks in with me. Maybe I'll check in with uh, somebody else, see how they're doing. That's kind of the pay it forward process I live by, too. You know, ask nothing in return. You know, I don't got 
don't get me nothing, just do it for somebody else now. So I think yeah. that's what it taught me in a time like this, you know. Dude, I love every aspect of that. Um, the the whole concept of you know my brand and my 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 idea of limitless theory is that uh, I myself, right? I cannot fly. Okay, I am not limitless. Okay, I have limits. There are boundaries, but we also have those as humans, right? I cannot swim as fast as a shark. Like it's just. Mm. It's, it is a limit from a physical standpoint. There are limits from a mental standpoint and this, that, and the next. But <clears throat> with the understanding that we are always evolving means that my choices do create a ripple effect throughout the rest of the world, throughout the rest of society, throughout everything that is the human race. And our choices as a human society impact other animals, right? We know that for a fact that impacts the geographical things that are happening in the sky, whether it comes to rain or whether it comes to the oceans being, you know, flooded and, and less ice. All of this plays a factor and, and every choice we make as individuals definitely creates the opportunity for a ripple effect. And like you said, reaching out to someone automatically puts it in their head subconsciously maybe i should reach out to somebody mm. and that can go so far man and these conversations right here the more they're had right the more they become natural and the more that they be become less like uh oh that's you know it's weird to have that kind of a deep conversation with someone you haven't seen in a while or something like that but i saw a video a couple of years ago man and it was called big talk versus small talk or um, it was called just big talk. Sorry. And it was a, a concept about this, uh, university of Southern California, USC chick. She was doing this whole, you know, documentary interview where she was literally just stopping random people on the street and asking them like one or two super deep philosophical, personal questions. And all of a sudden, like they would just open up and pour their hearts out and the next thing you know, she was like, all right, I want to meet with you again in two weeks. And she would ask and they would be like, yeah, I, I ended up having a, a similar conversation with somebody and I, you know, and they just started creating connections and the conversations began to be far more advanced. And whenever I think about stuff like that, it's, it is crazy to see what we can do. Right. And, and how much we have, um, how much power we have in, in a sense where, just checking in on somebody, um, just practicing gratitude, just um, even, you know, in today's world, like sharing something um, that your friend is doing on social media, right? Like it goes a long, long, long way. And it, it's far further than we can ever see, but uh -huh. it, it's, um, it's important. And I'm glad that something that this year has, has um, brought out or, or, made you just kind of realize and think about more obviously you do this stuff on a daily basis that is that is the basis of tmf right and that's just mm. ingrained in you but i don't think everyone has that ingrained in them as as well as you do or as, they're not as connected as well so it's awesome to hear that um you continuously you know remind people of that it's uh once again dude just like the amount of of good that you're bringing into this world is 
is crazy. Can't can't oh, thank, thank you enough. For all He's allowed to sure. Thank you. For sure, dude. For sure. And um, with with everything going on as well, and with um, Kobe passing, right? Like all of these things that have happened in the world. Um, I think taking time to reflect is something that um, I've been lacking, but I feel like there's a need to do. Is is uh, that something that you do often? Like, are you big on like keeping a journal or are you big on like writing what down what you're grateful for? Or are these just like mental practices that you go through? So I'm always trying to uh, like, man, um, like right now, so I teach groups. So I teach class for people struggling with drugs, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, Right now, I'm teaching them that I'm personally trying to practice right now, and that's uh, the word mindfulness. Um, a lot of people don't know what the word mindfulness means. Um, you know, you'll hear answers like, oh, maybe just thinking in a different way. And, you know, it is technically, but mindfulness, uh, you know, being aware of the present moment. And I don't think that um, a lot of us are. Um, we kind of go in 100 miles per hour during the day, um, trying to get whether it's errands done, a workout in, you know, head back to work. You know, make this phone call. Next thing you know, got to get, get some sleep. Got to wake up in the morning again. And you're going 100 miles per hour. You know, you, you mentioned whether it's Kobe or some of, the, some of the things that, you know, have happened as of recently that have been huge. And I think practicing mindfulness is big. Being aware in the present moment, um, you know, whether it's the nature. Um, you know, I used to work for inmates, you know, being released on parole um, that have not been in the community for a long time, like maybe like masked armed robbery, did like five years straight, state, mm-hmm. uh, straight upstate. And, you know, come out, you know, even like nature, appreciating the trees, the flowers, you know, being mindfulness to the present moment, uh, the wind that's, you know, we feel in the wind right now, um, especially, uh, you know, how do you practice mindfulness? Be maybe going for a little drive mm-hmm. um, by yourself, you know, maybe with the music low, um, just kind of observing, going for a drive. Uh, getting yourself some food. It's kind of hard with the restaurants right now, but just, uh, you know, just, just understanding what's around you and, and being aware um, because sometimes, man, life goes like this. And then with me, you, know, you lose somebody or, you know, someone moves away and it's like, man, I wish I, you always hear all the time, man, I wish I like spent more time or I wish I, you know, took the time to check in more and just be aware, you know, cherish, like, you know, even things like, like, uh, like a podcast like this, man, you know, like one thirty today on a Sunday, you know, podcast with you which means a lot but uh we'll look back at like damn dylan like two years ago with that podcast limitless theory you know we checked in with and it's like you know you know be aware of the present moment and if i could um you know reiterate that i would man because i don't think we practice that enough it's always 100 miles per hour to get things done just stop breathe like going on man you know who's around who's in the room right now Mm -hmm. uh appreciate you know yeah uh and uh, i know you said um you said like go get a meal and just kind of like eat. Uh, that's a simple one that I try to um, make people aware of, especially like nutrition clients. I I work with, excuse me, a lot of people who are like um, have very 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 stressful, uh, you know, high end jobs and the ability for them to just like sit down and take a second to like decompress is like non-existent. It's a crazy thought for them. Like if you could just like take two hours and not have the TV on and not have the music going, maybe or just keep like a good, like, you know, uh, tune going in the background and just like even cooking, 
for two hours. Like just being in the kitchen and worrying nothing more than like, don't cut my finger off while I'm, that you have to be in the moment when you do something like that. It's the same way like basketball, you're at the free throw line. You're not thinking of anything else. I block everybody out, man. Yo, and that's to, to circle back, bro. That's what I miss about basketball was that I never worried about anything else. When I was on the court, bro, there was no other worry in the world. And once I'm on the court, and I know you were the same way. It's like, shit, I'll stay. I'll just keep playing. I'll keep mm. playing. Like, we're running fives at the court. I'll just keep playing. We would play three-on-three three or two-on-two two after practice was over. You had a two-and-a-half-hour practice. Conrad made us do suicides till someone puked. And then here we are, like, still playing basketball after. Like, those are the things that I miss about basketball. It's the same reason I like to go to the beach and, like, go surfing or – um you know like activities where you have to be both mentally and physically and spiritually just there mm-hmm. uh it it makes a big difference and i think we lose sight of that like you said um being mindful of what you're doing in that present moment um uh, like when you are at the beach and you like don't look at your phone crazy concept and you hear the waves crashing and you look mm-hmm. around and you see the boats out on, on the ocean and you see people, you see kids playing with the sand and like, you just realize that there's so much more going on than what's always going on in here. Yeah, yeah. What's going on on this thing, right? Uh, it's, it's wild. It really is. So um, in terms of uh, what you do on a day-to-day basis for your job, um, does does that stuff ever come home with you like that's heavy um you know like i have a really good friend who works in like a a bipolar and addiction facility um as like a psychologist it's heavy stuff like hearing the stories um does that stuff come home with you how do you separate that from who you are, your vibe, your positivity? How does that all that, you know, play a role? Yeah, good question, man, because um, I, I would let things take come home with me just because it's so heavy and deep, you know. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when the, you know, you learn in a social work field, the burnout piece to it and, you know, the personal health with it. Because uh, that, that some of the stuff, you know, you deal with, whether it's, you know, overdose, suicide, uh, jail, um, losing kids, DCF, so much involved with it, you know drugs just in general um you, know, you gotta kind of i give it my all when i'm there um you know really 100 percent. then when i'm out of there you know i really you know gotta kind of separate the two at the times too just because it, it wouldn't be healthy if i didn't yeah. you know I'd just keep myself alive and if i was home just kind of replaying everything i just heard throughout the day you know, i have family um you know and i just wouldn't be fair to other people that you know i love and care about and especially myself my mind um, just, you know, burnout, you know, practicing, uh, self-care is huge, yeah. uh, whether it's working out, you know, going for whatever, a drive, something, but, uh, just to get to clear your head a little bit, uh, because burnout does happen and it's so common, especially if people don't know how to differentiate the two, uh, easily, easily go downhill themselves, you know? Yeah, for sure. Do you meditate? I don't. No. But it's actually in uh it's funny, the workbook that I'm actually teaching right now, a huge section about meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
haven't really gone to that section purposely <laughs> yet. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think right? I hear people talk about it, and um, it's something that uh, people express has been very very beneficial mm -hmm. uh, for them, and uh, been encouraged to try even mindfulness. It's funny that you bring it up, um, but I actually done yoga a couple times, mm -hmm. and it was there's different types of yoga, yeah. and um, but one of them was more mind, um, just basically you know, the meditation piece to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, very interesting, uh, relaxing. Um, I think it's very healthy. So uh, it's something I definitely want to 100% practice more. Yeah. Sure. Um, if there's one thing I would definitely tell you uh, to do, especially with what you do for work, and I would definitely say meditation is huge. Meditation. Uh, and it's the amount of clarity you can get from it. Um, because we experience about 60,000 thoughts per day, right? And we only really process and come in full contact with like maybe 2,000 of them, right? Um, to sit there with silence or with some sort of frequency playing or like even nature <clears throat> sounds, right? Um, and be mindful of more of those thoughts that are running through your head hmm. is really crazy and profound. Uh, and it, the ability to uh, decompress the rest of your body, like you said, we're always running 100 miles per hour, 100 miles per hour. When you get into the, the flow of meditation, and it's not about, people have this weird thought that it's about turning your brain off or like not thinking. Hmm. It's the opposite. It's literally just coming in contact with all of those thoughts, being more aware and mindful of those thoughts. Um, and obviously the, uh, the goal isn't to necessarily get stuck on one. Um, that is, you know, you can do forms of meditation where like you go in with an intent and you want to focus on something and dive deeper and deeper and unveil the layers of it. But to begin just literally breathing and being aware of more of those thoughts, I will open my eyes and be like, oh yeah, I forget I was laying here. Like you just, you don't even recognize and realize where you're going. It's, it, it quite literally feels like an out-of-body experience. There's so many aspects of it that can help your nervous system decompress, can alleviate inflammation, can increase serotonin and dopamine levels, which are the same things you get, um, obviously, from exercising, or it's the same thing that people look for um, from drugs, right? Mm -hmm. it, is, um, it is so, it's just hard to explain, mate. I, I, would, I would love to see you I would love to see you do that and hear you, you know, hit oh. me up. Be like, yo, do. No, no, how do you bring it up? Because something that, like, uh, I've thought about for a while too. It's not really, I haven't really dove too deep into it. So it's always something I should uh, definitely try out, you know? Yeah. And there's different ways to do it. You can do it just by yourself, focusing on like breathing. There's basic um, concepts of like, uh, I teach something called LT33 breathing, which is great for beginners. <clears throat> three seconds in through the nose, three seconds out through the mouth. And then, have to bring you to a TMF meeting on a Monday yeah, to yeah. do one of these exercises. <laughs> I'm not even joking, dude. I think that would be a good, uh, Maybe a night if you ever um, in the near future when things go back to normal to be able to even do breathing exercises kind of as like a, even like dim the lights, quiet, quiet atmosphere in there. Mm -hmm. And I think that'd be really good for me and the members as well. If you ever Dude. have time in the future, for sure.
I would I would be down to do that. Um, it's it's just it it can especially if you do it in an atmosphere with people like that, it would be super powerful, super mm. powerful, especially to like do it and then let everyone kind of reflect and like have conversation about it. Absolutely, it would be super yeah, cool. for sure. Um, there you know, there's just certain ways to do it. You can also um, there's an app I use every night. Um, I put meditation music on to help me go to sleep. It's super beneficial. It's not that I'm sitting there really practicing meditation as I go to sleep, but just the calm nature of like, uh, you know, sounds in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a, whether it's a waterfall or like birds chirping or nature, um, wind blowing, and you know, hearing the forest, super calming. It helps a ton with uh, just like my quality of sleep and ability to fall asleep faster. But there's apps out there like I use one called Insight Timer that um, you they have a lot of guided meditations on there too. So mm-hmm. like a 10 minute guided meditation with someone um, you know walking you through like focus on this, focus on that. You just eyes closed and just breathe and listen to them is a good way to start and learn. So mm-hmm. I can I can show you that app too. Yeah, please yeah. do, man. Definitely yeah. for sure. Man, that would be. Uh, that would take your mindfulness class to a whole new level. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely, it's something. Cause like, it's in there for a reason, man. Like it's in that workbook for a reason. They don't just yeah. put it in a workbook. They don't, they like, they obviously think it, it can be very beneficial, especially for individuals in uh, that type of, you know, atmosphere and the addiction piece. Like it's in there for the reason. So yeah. it's definitely something we got to check out for sure. It is quite literally the, the, it can create the same physiological release of dopamine that, that doing drugs can. Um, so definitely something that you can uh talk to and speak on and educate them of so of man I'll, I got, I'll, I'll definitely give you the follow-up with it all too we should definitely keep in touch with that for sure for sure bro i'm i'm down i like like we said right uh, stay in contact more yeah it's huge man because it's been it's been a while you know since <laughs> i've even like i haven't seen you in years and then being yeah. able like when you reached out to me you know i think it was like what two weeks a week or two ago yeah checking in. yeah i think it was yeah two, and it yep. was uh definitely meant a lot you know your name on the play wow man dylan it's been it's been a, it's been a while dude so i was happy i was so happy you checked in man and beyond grateful to be on the podcast i think that's amazing what you're doing i, I wasn't too aware of it um mm-hmm. honestly maybe it's just through the fact that you know we're not in like the same community yeah no the same friend zone but um, i think that's amazing i think it's so cool you got different guests going on the show um i'll definitely be a supporter of it 100 percent uh, so let me know how I can keep up to date with um kind of the guests, whether it's, I don't know how often you're doing these weekly, bi-weekly, a couple of times a month. So keep me posted because I would love to kind of like just share it because I think it can be knowledgeable. I think I think people enjoy podcasts. They just don't know. They, they ask for recommendations, any good podcast. I have heard that quite a few times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to be able to, you know, send them a certain link and have them check out. And so, you know, maybe there'll be a uh, more on that, you know, more usual, you know, certain Absolutely, podcasts. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, something I posted today was a clip um, from a previous podcast that I did. And um, it was, uh, we're all, we're all fighting battles, and we're all writing our own story. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Like, we all have a story to tell. And that's my goal with the podcast, man, is to invite people on that have a story to tell that can influence and create that ripple effect of people being grateful for what they have, people persevering through the things that they've gone through. Oh and um people creating change in the world that um is needed is positive and that is um 
not easy to go about right it, nothing nothing in this life comes easy you got to work for it and um by people sharing their stories and hearing things like the mayor shut us down but we found a new place to go to that's like it, it speaks to people and like it's so easy to come up with an excuse for why not to work out oh my clothes were dirty mm. do laundry then you can work out crazy concept <laughs> um or do this you know like uh i didn't um uh, i left my shoes in my car work out without shoes on <laughs> nobody had shoes 2000 years ago <laughs> were they like ah forgot my shoes by the campfire can't go hunting today guess we won't eat no <laughs> uh-huh. you know it's like brings things into perspective man and um you've definitely done that for me with uh you know me staying um in contact with what you guys are doing with tmf and hearing more about your story i wish we got to connect more while we were in school um oh, no, wish i had a... taken more time to to kind of uh seek you out as like a, a mentor of sorts being a senior me being as a freshman but we definitely um we did something right because we ended oh, up oh yeah man <laughs> definitely you know people are in good hands with you with this podcast doing a good thing man um that's awesome then you know with time moving forward obviously still in a unique uh place right now with the world um yeah, kind of with uh, this pandemic but when things do ease um, definitely whether, you know, catching up, catching a game together, some going back to an Anna Maria game, kind of, you know, just watching a game, something small like that, or, you know, just, just anything in general, even like a, a call checking in and stuff uh, would for be sure. good for sure. Who's, who's to say we can't do two podcasts, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Can you post it? <laughs> I would love to. Stop at one. All right, man. I appreciate that. Um, last thing I want you to shout out here is um, where people can kind of keep tabs on everything that is you and TMF and, if um, you know they wanted to help donate or, or fund money for you guys, where they could go, maybe online. I don't know if you guys have a website set up or um, if you. Yeah, have so um, no, definitely a good question. Happy you bring that up. Um, so you know, Facebook. If anyone has uh, Facebook, um, that's actually just the Movement Family. Okay. Um, so you can find us on there. Probably our biggest following is Facebook. Um, it's because we've had it for 10 years. That page. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram. It's a newer page. Only a couple months in on that one. <laughs> Um, I believe I gave it to you. You might have to repeat that at some point um, yep. moving forward. Uh, it's the movement fam. I think there's like a under mark uh, with that as well. Mm-hmm. And last, we have uh, the movement fam one on Twitter. Uh, so I have, you know, different TMF females that mm-hmm. uh, do each social media. So I have a female girl does the Twitter one, the Instagram one, the Facebook one. Keeps them really involved too. Uh, makes yeah, them feel really awesome. cool being able to, you know, get that done. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the social media, guys. Um, and if you are, you know, still kind of uh, want to know more about TMF in a whole or still having trouble understanding the whole concept, if you just put uh, the movement family, uh, Lawrence Mass, uh, you can find, you know, pages of articles or, like, situations we've been through. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting to see throughout the years, whether it was the Boston Globe, the Herald, uh, the Eagle Tribune, um, throughout the years and where we've come from, um, you can also do that as well. That would be that would be awesome. So I'll uh, I'll make sure to put all of that in like the description for the you know on Spotify or on YouTube and yeah yeah definitely send me that stuff too so I can um you know share with the TMF members sure they would love to check in with that for and sure. then especially like um where you know we have a lot of supportive people in the community too so they like seeing stuff like this um and especially you know it's cool because you know you hear maybe podcasts in like our own community but here in podcasts you know not in the Lawrence Methuen area. Mm-hmm. 
um, maybe more intriguing for someone to check out too. Like, oh, what's limitless sure. theory and kind of look into. A lot going on in the world, that. man. Yeah, yeah, deaf, deaf, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it, dude. Of course, man. I I can't thank you enough, and um, you know, everybody, once again, please go check that out. Um, and and continue to check in, and if you can, or if you're inspired, <clears throat> start something in your own community. I think that would be great for everyone to do, whether it's just in your family or whether it's in your close group of friends, you have no idea where it can go. So take it and run with it. Um, uh, once again, man, I appreciate you, G. Hope you have a all right, my man. great rest of your day, all right? You as well. I'll shoot you a message. I'll give you a call. All right, sounds good. All right, boss. Until next time. Sounds good, man. Peace. What's up, LT Tribe? DFOS here. Just to express my gratitude and say thank you for tuning in and continuously commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the episodes and the content that we are bringing you. It is helping so, so much. Once again, I want to say thank you and hope you have a great rest of your day. These times are, there's one thing that we can count on to keep us connected, and that is the one and only video conferencing platform, Zoom. Zoom is an amazing platform. It's the very platform that I use to record the visual portion of the LT360 podcast. I also used it today to share a business plan and stay connected with someone that wanted to learn more about products and services that we offer. And I also used it to train a virtual personal training client this morning. It is virtually simplistic, very simplistic. Anybody can use it. And we just scored an amazing, amazing deal. As unfranchise owners, you can get the $160 valued membership through Zoom for just $9.99 per month. Instead of paying $160 per month for unlimited recording access and storage and tons of other features, you can pay $9.99 per month and save nearly $1,800 per month. You best believe it. I signed up. I created and transferred my account over to this pro account, and I will not be looking back because that $9.99 per month that I'm paying also comes with a residual 15% IBV commissions. Each and every month that I pay out $9.99, I'm getting 15% commissions on that in the form of IBV. And I cannot think of an easier and better way to stay connected with my team and help my team get paid. So make sure you head over to your back office, go to my account, go to my services, and look up Zoom video conferencing. You will not be disappointed. Let's all use Zoom to help us stay connected and get financially fit together. If you're anything like me, you've learned that when you connect great people and great food, the opportunities are absolutely limitless. Well, we aren't the only ones. Ristelli's Meat Market, a nationally and internationally recognized company, 
as an industry leader in food safety and food quality is bringing you all of your animal proteins straight to your door. With more than 40 years of experience, they have been seeking out farming and fishing families that span generations with a deep-rooted passion for their craft and a proven history of caring for their animals and the environment that they grow up in. They're delivering all of your animal proteins straight to your door in a vacuum-sealed packaging that can stay frozen for up to a year. I mean, the opportunities here with this are limitless. They have everything from antibiotic-free steaks and burgers, chicken and pork, to filet mignon, lobster, wild-caught shrimp, antibiotic-free ribeyes and salmon and tuna, you name it, they have it. They also have frozen meals. And the best part, people, is you can earn up to 27.5% IBV commissions for buying your dinner for you and your family on a monthly basis, okay? If you are on auto ship with Bristelli's on, an, on a monthly basis, you can earn 27.5% commissions on anything you may order. If you want to just do a one-time purchase, you can earn 22%. What an amazing deal. What a time to be alive. You can get paid for the very food that is on your plate, and you can do so with peace of mind because you know it is very, very high quality. Ristelli's Meat Market does not lack on quality at all. One of the newest partners with Shop.com. So make sure to go to Shop.com backslash Limitless Theory and search Ristelli's R-A-S-T-E-L-L-I-S and earn 27.5% or 22% on your next dinner meal. All right, check it out. I know you won't be disappointed. Did I tell you guys about my new water filtration system? It's sitting right on my kitchen counter and it took me less than five minutes to install. It's super, super easy and it's very beneficial, saving me a lot of time and money. It's called Pure H2O. Pure H2O filters out the chlorine taste and bad odors, greatly improving the quality and the clarity of your tap water with literally the flip of a switch. It can take out 97% of the chlorine found in typical tap water and 77 other contaminants. And I said it's saving me time and money. Filtered water is environmentally responsible because you're choosing not to buy plastic water bottles. And those prepackaged water bottles, as we are learning, are far less healthy than we think. There's a lot of contaminants in those things. They're being mass produced and those companies are caring more about the money and less about the quality, all right? So Pure H2O cares a little bit more. They're not looking for mass production. They're looking for high, high quality. And it's your water and we understand that water is the foundation of the body. There's a strong connection between the quality of our water and a long healthy life, right? Our bodies are 72% water and that requires us to refill and fulfill that on a daily basis with pure, clean water for optimal health. So take the first step towards better health with Pure H2O. You can get an over-the-counter water filtration system or under-the-counter installation kit. Either way, it's a great option for you and your family to take the next step towards health. So go over to shop.com backslash limitless theory and use code 
10 off MA for 10% off your purchase of a pure H2O water filtration system. Alrighty guys, until then, drink pure.